Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. So in order for the spirit to be present, both people have to be ready to learn and ready to explain as best as they can with a lot of space for the Holy Ghost to improve the communication. And it's hard. And when it's done right, it's really slow. Because if my wife says one sentence and I'm like like flooded by it, if she says another sentence and another sentence and another sentence, I can't process what she said. So I've got to go, hold on a second. First of all, let me make sure I write it down correctly. Then let me see if I can even get my headspace back in right after one sentence. And then Satan attacks her brain and says, oh, he can only handle one sentence. You got a hundred sentences more. He can't handle this. How's he ever going to handle the next 100? So, well, if, I'm not, if I've got to tell it to him, I'm just going to throw all 100 at him right now. And then we got nothing useful happening. He's not listening. And you're frustrated because you're talking to someone who's not listening. This is why the season four work is so important. If you're relying on him being a good listener, notice the word relying on him to be ready to hear it all, then you're not ready for season one. You need to have taken all of your emotional burden and let the weight of it be on the shoulders of God and of Christ. And so that you're fine if he, you're fine as a woman, not as a wife. I am fine as a woman. I don't need a man to understand me to be a woman. I need a man to understand it if he's going to be my husband and he has to be my husband for me to be a wife. There's always grief that something's missing. Anytime you're aware of a lack of celestialness, there will always be grieving. It's absolutely appropriate to be sad for what's missing. Fine is in the terms of pioneer woman mode fine. I do know they're going to have to chop my toes off when I get to Utah because they're frostbitten, but I can still pick flowers and sing songs with my kids. I'm still in the lone and dreary world. That scene in the uh, sacred ceremony where they go from the Garden of Eden to sagebrush and lava rock has become visceral for me. Like I feel it. It's like, ugh. <laughs> that's what I see when I enter the world. That's what, that's how the people are around me. It's all dry grass and lava rock. But I want and I envision the Garden of Eden. So I keep trying to cultivate and garden it and then it, some of it grows and some of it dies and then i try again tomorrow and then weeds grow like i feel like i'm back in moses a day when it's manna i pick the manna and i gotta pick some more tomorrow and then i gotta do it again so your craving for a celestial relationship gives us a blueprint gives us a compass gives us a direction but as far as i can tell the likelihood of getting all of that in this lifetime is unlikely which is something to be sad about. This is like so my not favorite. You'll notice 
I teach the lesson on grieving on like lesson five or six, because we have to be using that the entire way. So as I imagine myself being a wife and I imagine my husband is going to make an attempt at emotional intimacy, here's what it looks like in its amateur form. So, um, so, uh, I thought we could, um, wait, I need to get a drink. <laughs> comes back. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking maybe we could, um, have a conversation about, um, feelings. <clears throat> um, uh, just a second. I need to go get another drink. Um, okay. I'm back. Um, so I thought we could talk about something from the past. Okay. So I, I'm interested in your feelings about something that happened in the past. Actually, I really don't want to know what your feelings are about it, but I'm, I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to step forward and I'm going to ask you your thoughts and feelings about that thing that happened nine months ago. But no, no, wait, 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 don't hold on. Wait, wait, give me a second. I need paper. I need paper. Uh, I, I need a drink. I need to, um, I'll be back in a minute. Okay. How many of you want to strangle him already? Like, are you kidding me? Like, why are you, <laughs> why are you being like this? May I apologize for myself and all men that we are such sissies and wimps when it comes to this emotional intimacy process. It is scary. It is painful. I remember the horrifying experience of just reviewing film of my wrestling matches in high school. And I hated it. Like, I don't want to go over what I, even if we just talk about what I got right. Okay. How many of you enjoy watching film of yourself giving a talk with someone else in the room to discuss it with you? Okay. Some of you people are like in the acting field and you've done that forever and you're used to it. So yeah, let's watch film of me on stage acting like an idiot. Okay. And giving myself all sorts of objective feedback. If it's hard in sports and it's hard in theater, when we're talking about something as real life as reviewing the film of what I did wrong nine months ago, it is vital that the person who's working on their development be the one who paces the conversation. Now, let's talk about how that contrasts with a woman's right to be heard. This is where there's some confusion. When a man paces the conversation because he's trying to take what's in your head and scoop it up and grab the Legos and put them in his head, there's a lot of unfamiliar territory in his brain as he strives to acquire psychological and emotional empathy for what you're going through. I remember first starting this, like being raised with eight brothers and a farm girl mom, I had zero structural work in my head to understand true female psychology. And the textbooks didn't help that much. And so I'm starting from scratch and I had the luxury of sitting with women who weren't my wife. So I didn't have that scary process of it being about me. And I was able to listen to what's going on for them. And I started to find patterns and I started to find familiar similarities, but that took years, okay? I didn't start uh, teaching classes that had anything to do with female psychology for like five, seven years of interview after interview after interview after interview after interview. So when you work on emotional intimacy, this is not the time for you to be heard. This is not the time for you to experience full psychological and emotional validation because you will walk out starving, agitated, and frustrated every time if that's your goal. Now, we're not going to go any higher very far into the intimacy triangles 
until he gains the capacity and lifts psychological weights so that he can participate in these conversations with you on all of the relevant memories and topics that are in your box. So they all will be addressed, but not today. You have a right to be heard over the course of time. It works best if he's the one who brings the memory, especially the first dozen times. This is agonizing because you have a menu of relevant ones and the first three are probably going to be irrelevant to you. I thought we could talk about how I was rude to you when you wanted to buy a candy bar at the grocery store the other day. And I said, no. And you're like, you're kidding me, right? That's the one you want to go over first, that tiny little incident. Now, remember, these guys are baby stepping into a new skill. So he's going to practice with something that's easy. So you got to resist the temptation to roll your eyes and slap your forehead and take a deep breath and say, are you kidding me? Are we in first grade? You want to do a first grade level emotional intimacy? And he goes, that's all I can do. That's all I have the fortitude for. Do you know how it took me three days to get the courage to talk about the candy bar? So please resist the temptation to be disappointed in our lack of ability. You have just finished listening to another principle that is one of many that you will find in a special class that I've put together called the Marriage Repair Workshops and the Lazarus Lectures. This is a compilation of principles that I have pulled from my years of training, study, and therapeutic experience designed to give you the tools, the vision, the ideas, everything that is necessary to take a relationship that has experienced catastrophic levels of unpleasantness and falling apart and rebuild it almost as if raising it from the dead please follow the links and attend at least one of our marriage repair workshops so that you can get a feel for what you will learn and get your attachment to the multimedia classroom that holds videos, audios, articles from me and several other specialists that we call the Lazarus Lectures a 40 lesson series building from one principle to another so that you can discover what is necessary to pull off a miracle in your relationship i hope you'll find great value in this i hope those of you who find yourselves unable to afford the thousands of dollars necessary to attend a marriage therapist especially one that's really good and is not as available as we would like therapists to be. Please, please study this material in the Lazarus Lectures and attend the Marriage Repair Workshops so that we can help you get things back to the way you want them. We'll see you then.